Cultivate Simple, episode 59, Setting Goals for the New Year. I'd rather be a farmer I'd rather work the land I'd rather see the mountainsides I'd rather see your I'd rather swim the ocean I'd rather not pretend Welcome to Cultivate Simple, an honest and unrehearsed discussion about trying to live a more simple life. This is episode 59, and today we are talking about plans for the new year, as it is the new year coming up on Wednesday, is the first day of the the new year, and so we decided to uh, talk a little bit about our goals and um, kind of some steps to setting goals, how to be, uh, how, how to set goals that you can actually achieve rather than mm-hmm. just kind of throwing things out there. Oh, I'd like to do this and this and this, but you know, not really doing any of it. So we're going to discuss that a little bit later on tonight, but first we're going to talk about what was for dinner. <laughs> What was for dinner this evening? We had fajitas. Fajitas, yep. From um, venison. Mm-hmm. And onions from the garden. Cilantro. And um, usually I like to use smoked um, chipotles. But I was out, so I had some harissa in the fridge, so we put harissa on it instead, which is kind of good. It's like fusion cooking, I guess. I mean, it adds heat the same as other spicy hot peppers would. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, uh, I make my own corn tortillas. I buy organic masa and makes a really good tortillas are one of those things that are well worth learning to make. They're so easy and they're so much better than what you get at the store. The corn or the flour ones. I make both. Um, we like the corn ones. The corn ones, when you make them at home, are really soft, kind of like flour ones. Um, the ones you get at the store are always dry and kind of annoying because you can't hardly use them fresh without doing something with them because they tend to break. Um, so, yeah, homemade tortillas. Worth learning how to make. Mm-hmm. And super easy. It's a very good supper. It was delicious. And the good thing is once you have all the, it's kind of like we talked about in the saving Mm -hmm. time in the kitchen episode, once you have all of the ingredients made up, it's because we've had them three nights in a row, which we don't mind. Um, But once you have like the meat cooked up and the onion sauteed and those types of things, uh, you know, you make the tortillas fresh every night, um, but it's fairly easy to get dinner on the table. Yep. Quickly. Yeah, Quickly. it certainly is. Um, and they're another one of those meals that are great because you can change up the filling to whatever you have on hand. Sometimes in the summer we have them with zucchini in them, um, leeks. I mean, you can use all kinds of stuff on the insides of fajitas. It doesn't even have to be a... I mean, it's essentially almost a stir-fry with different seasonings inside a corn <laughs> shell. It's mm-hmm. going to... With a little bit of cheese. Yeah. So, yeah. Think outside the box. It's really good. 
I'm trying to think of what other crazy I mean shrimp, fish. You can add any kind of meat or just vegetables to them. So yeah. And again, it's better than most meals you'll have in a mm -hmm. restaurant. Yep. We've gone to a couple places a couple which is kind of ironic, but a couple Mexican places here in Maine. Um <laughs> most of them are along the coast too, which is really ironic. Yeah. Um but yeah, there's only one, which is a food truck that we've yeah. uh, really liked. But and would go the, back to, and yeah. they make their own t tortillas, so mm -hmm. they're really good. Um, but all the other ones have been kind of disappointing. Yeah. But that's that's kind of a trend when you have an awesome wife that <laughs> cooks amazing meals. Is that restaurants are disappointing? You just, I mean, it, it's a nice break for you, but yeah. In there's the same a couple way. restaurants I don't mind going to. There's one down the road that cooks everything in a wood-fired oven, and they make the best lobster mac and cheese. Mm -hmm. It's really, really good. I've got, we've gone there twice, and I've gotten lobster mac and cheese both times because it was so good the first time. I figured huh, it's probably something I could make it probably fairly easily here at home, but they make their own pasta, and it's tasty, tasty. Yeah, I heard... I heard from a little bird that BJ got a gift card or a gift certificate mm. to uh, that restaurant, Cafe Miranda. So now so we're going to have to go. Now we're going to have to go. It's unfortunate. Such a shame. It is. It's a shame when you have to accompany your friends to good restaurants. Mm -hmm. Since we eat out so often, like once every six months or... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Last week, we talked about uh, being prepared for the worst, and we talked about storm preparations, mm -hmm. and oh, it yeah, was... We talk a little bit about the storm. Yeah, it was interesting that... Uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously, we were talking about it because we had a storm heading our way. Uh, we're Actually, we were in the middle of a storm, yeah, um, and we, we thought that... In fact, I even think I mentioned during the podcast, which I should have knocked on wood or threw some salt over my shoulder or something, <laughs> that we were through the worst of it because we weren't. Um, yeah. In fact, that night, Sunday night, is when it really got bad. Mm -hmm. And we ended up getting, um, in places, three quarters of an inch of ice. Um, yeah. And in some places, an inch of ice on trees, roads, uh, everything. And so our driveway uh, <clears throat> is kind of like a Olympic luge track. Yeah. Um, and you didn't name the corners. Yeah, yeah. He's in the chicane. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we. It was an interesting week around here because basically we just fought the weather all week. Mm -hmm. um, I ended up because it snowed again Wednesday or Thursday. Mm -hmm. uh, Thursday. Thursday. Because I, I ended up going out with the fire department on Monday uh, to cut trees back from the road um and was out for 12 hours and then and oddly enough Monday night you were supposed to have a curling game which was yep. a makeup, makeup game. game for another one that was canceled due to weather a couple weeks ago but then it was canceled as well so. yep. <laughs> and then went out again uh, with the fire department for six hours on Tuesday uh we ended up here in Maine we ended up having almost 80,000 people without power I think um, over 80,000 at one point I looked yeah, and it was like 85,000 we had uh, electric crews coming in from as far away as Florida to help uh, people get power again. Because the problem 
and I get kind of a different perspective being on the fire department um, during this. But the the problem is that with a lot of people, their only source of heat is their um, furnace, which runs off of electric. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, after that weather came through, it got pretty cold. So people started, you know, getting to the point where their houses were getting cold and they couldn't get any heat. They didn't have any other source of heat. And we had talked last week about yeah. having uh, a small, you know, backup, um, source like of a, yeah. like one of those little heaters that goes on your wall that can run off yeah. of a, uh, alpha natural gas, propane, um, something like that. Just something to keep your, your pipes from freezing really. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's also more of a concern too, if you have, you know, elderly parents or you're elderly yourself, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, if you can't get around as easily, that, that kind of thing. So, yeah, we had some, some interesting... And the other thing is, too, you know, everybody around here has well pumps, and without electric, nobody can pump water. Um, and we had talked last week about filling up your bathtub so that you have mm-hmm. extra water for flushing the toilet and so on. And we actually had people coming into the fire department with five-gallon uh, jugs or gallon jugs even, you know, empty milk jugs. Um, to get water. To get water because we had a generator at the fire department. And uh, to get water just to flush their toilets because they hadn't made any preparations whatsoever. We had one guy with a down power line across his driveway so he couldn't get out and literally had you know, no food in the house. Um, but we didn't want him going across the power line, obviously. So our fire chief actually, you know, ran down to the mm-hmm. the store and picked him up some groceries and brought him back. And um, eventually he had another driveway, but it was, it had some trees down across it. So eventually we, because uh, he called us up again and needed more stuff. And so we went up and cut all the trees out of his driveway and uh, and got him out. But yeah, it was just, it's a, I mean, we still have ice falling off the trees today, today and it's a it week ago. Got warm. Uh, or, and it's a week since. And yeah, we had uh, four inches or three inches of snow mm-hmm. um, on Thursday then, which of course added to the, the weight on the trees. Um, and then tonight <clears throat> we're supposed to be getting um, Six oh, to six. ten, they're saying, but it's raining. It's right raining. Now. Uh, we're supposed to be on the radar. It says snow, but um, it's definitely raining outside. It is not snowing, so we're not quite sure what's going to happen. But then next week, uh, temperatures are dropping down uh, below zero. the The highs, I think, two days are going to be below zero. So it's just been Burr. kind of a, a crazy couple weeks. Um, and we did lose electric for, uh, for a couple hours on Monday. We didn't have it overnight the one night. Right. So yeah. I forget what. Yeah. I think it was, no, it was Sunday. I don't know. One I day, think it was Monday night. One day we lost it for a couple hours in the afternoon. Yeah. And then I don't know if that was the same day. I don't think so. I think it was the previous, but anyways, yeah. And then it went out around eight and then came back on sometime the next day, mm-hmm. um, around noon, I think. Or thereabouts. And our main concern, too, is that we're, and we talked about this, I believe, on last week's show, that our driveway is a third of a mile long and has power lines running up it through basically a row of trees. Mm-hmm. The power lines right, run right up our drive line, driveway, and the uh, the trees are, you know, 60, 70 feet tall on either side. So uh, that's <laughs> our concern because you still, there's still, you know, several hundred people uh, in Maine without power, but it's 
more than likely all the people with long driveways that they're the only one. So they're kind of a low priority. Um, so it, I, you know, it just made me think again, I know I mentioned last week about a generator and it got us to thinking about that too. And, And we've thought many times about that, um, about getting a generator. And so I started talking to a few people about that and we actually, um, uh, one of the companies that I work for, the owner has a has a generator. I'm going to be looking into this week, um, so that might be a, a possibility in our future. Yeah, it's one of those things that we don't necessarily need it. Yeah, but um, if we did lose the line up to our our driveway, I mean, it could be um, days, if not you know, a week or two yeah. without power, and. Uh, and that would be uh, a pain, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially since we wouldn't be able to work. Um, yeah. And which is fine. You know, I yeah. don't mind being forced to not do my uh, day job. But in the same way, um, you know, losing a week or two of income would be difficult at yeah. best. Um so I don't know. It's it's one of those things. It's, I'm sure if the neighbors had power, you could go down to BJ's and set up a yeah. big shift office in her. That's true. I, I'm sure I'd get a lot done with the twins running around, yeah. uh, beating on the drum set that they got for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they could play. I have the tiger for you while you work, so you can get I, a lot right. of work done. I wouldn't have to listen to my headphones because I would have music right there. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it and these are kind of how we discuss things. It's like a, a we're very good about not trying to justify necessarily, but trying to really come to a rational decision of is something worth it? Um, you know, is it worth it to spend the money on a generator for the once every, you know, year that you lose power for a couple hours or the once every five to 10 years that you have a really terrible storm of some sort, whether that be, you know, for here in Maine, it would be an ice storm in the winter. You know, Mm -hmm. that's the big one that's going to bring down power lines and trees. Um, Or, uh, you know, like a hurricane or a, um, I know a few years ago they had windstorm that, took out just tons Mm -hmm. and tons and tons of trees. Um, And if that, you know, blew across the power lines, it would just be, it would be terribly, terribly inconvenient. Um, And I know that a lot of people in the area that had animals um, were particularly having trouble. Um, Mm -hmm. The the guy that helped us out uh, slaughtering our pigs, Neil, said that um, he has spring-fed water, isn't He has a spring-fed... Yes. Mm, one of them, maybe. Yeah. But he usually has a pump, you know, attached to it mm-hmm. as so well. So everybody was, uh, all the people in his, in his area were coming to his house to get water for mm-hmm. their animals. Um, and then and then taking it back. And I know that the, the uh, EMA director in our town, she has uh, several animals and she was trying to figure out a source of water to get water for them. So it's another consideration. And that's you know, what too. I, when, when I filled up water for us, whatever day that was Sunday, I think that I did that. Um, I also filled up, I have a bunch of three gallon watering cans. 
So I filled up four of those because I knew that the ducks had a bunch of water and they have a stock pot, the stock tank with a heater in <laughs> stock it. Pot. Stock pot. <laughs> That's later. <laughs> yes. A stock tank with a heater in it. And so for that, I just shovel snow in there. Um, although the, you know, if the electric isn't working, the heater isn't working. Right. So then I have to heat up water on the stove and dump it in there. And that's the thing for, uh, since we have a wood burner, we could melt snow down if necessary or ice in this case in order to get water and it wouldn't really cost anything. But I filled up a bunch of three, ga- four, three gallon watering cans and there, I made sure they're, um, pool i filled it up the the night before and that usually lasts them about a week before i need to add more water to it and then the chickens their water i think i filled up their water too so that they would have some but then in that case you need to worry about the because i noticed their water was getting frozen Mm -hmm. when the electric was off luckily it wasn't super cold so i just cracked up the ice you know with a stick and then the electric came back on before that night the next Mm -hmm. night so was thud the next day as well so but that's a consideration too so you might want to consider having i think maybe an extra chicken water would be nice because then you could swap them out just bring them in the house to thaw out and then carry a Mm -hmm. fresh one out in the morning for them and the moral of the story is prepare i mean that's what we talked about last week just kind of think ahead um you know watch the watch the weather, you know, every once in a while and see what's coming. So, you know, uh, what's going to be happening. And, mm-hmm. um, and like for the dogs and the cats, I got a bunch of venison out of the freezer and put it on the back porch because I didn't want to have to be opening the freezer if the light, the electric went out mm-hmm. and it stays perfectly fine on the back porch. I mean, it stays pretty much frozen depending on the temperature. Um, so, and I know we had talked about in the past, we've, um, mentioned that we use rechargeable batteries um and this is a another little tip when something we've slowly transitioned almost everything in our house to rechargeable batteries so um our mice for our computers use them Mm -hmm. um i have a wireless keyboard that uses them we have several flashlights around the house that use them Mm -hmm. um uh, a lot of our video equipment actually used them, and so we had several for that. I know most people wouldn't have, you know, that, but but people um, have remote controls. Remote controls. And some little yep. cameras sometimes have batteries mm-hmm. in them, depending on the kind of camera you have. I mean, even your kids' toys. If your kids' toys yeah. have like double AA, A, triple A, um, you know, even C and D cell, you can have rechargeables for that. So a good thing to do before, if you suspect that something's going to happen, that the power is going to go out, you know, a hurricane's coming there's a big storm coming, those types of things. Um, go around the house and find every single rechargeable that you have and charge it up mm-hmm. while you have power. Um, because, you know, when you don't have power, then your yeah. your most important things like a light, like having a flashlight with you at night. Right. Um, and you have this little flashlight that takes uh, four batteries, but mm-hmm. it lasts for forever. Yeah. And it, as the oh. lights flicker as we're recording. <laughs> um, but you have a, a, a small light. Um, the good thing is we're on a laptop. I think it'll continue recording, recording even if the electricity goes out. So at least we'll get our recording. Um, as we both kind of stare up at the light. Because it's dim. I know, it's weird. That was that was weird. Um, it's like we're only getting a, a three quarters of our electricity. But the... the uh, 
the flashlight that you have, it turns into a little lantern. Mm-hmm. It like pulls up and it becomes a. And kind this of flashlight a is vintage. Yeah. I got this thing when I was in. I don't know if I got it in grade school or junior high. One of the two. Not sure, but it's a champ, man. I've yeah. been using this thing forever. But having that light at night, I mean, you can cook by it. You can, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's nice. Go you wash just, your face in the bathroom. Do whatever I used it you need in the to kitchen. do. And you just hang it on one of the upper cabinet knobs, and it hangs there, and right beside the stove, and provides mm-hmm. tons of light. Yeah, it's a like super convenient little flashlight. And we did whenever the power came back on. I collected up all the batteries that we had used, mm-hmm. recharged them, and then we did lose power again. And so yeah. it's one of those, you know, it's it's just nice to have all those batteries around. You have them in service. You don't yeah. just have them sitting. Right. But you know, having that. The idea of, okay, power's going to go out. We need to charge up absolutely everything. Yep. You know, because if the power is off, you're not going to be using your wireless mouse. You're not going to be using, you know, your remote controls. Right. So have those batteries charged up and ready to go. Um, so, yeah. So that was uh, that was the weather. I, I don't know if there's any other tips that we want to share or... I can't remember. Uh, it, it, it's definitely good. We have a, we have a good setup. We're yeah. not necessarily the things that we have done, but the, um, the things that were here in this house for us, the, the sources of heat, we have a, mm-hmm. a well down below if we need it. I mean, those things are, are super mm-hmm. important and, um, it, it felt pretty good having those things, <laughs> you know, when you hear some other people's stories about, um, you know, just not having heat. Yeah. Uh, that's, that would be pretty scary. That yeah. would be, that'd be a little bit more nerve wracking. I so. remember once back in Ohio, before we had our little uh, propane heater in the basement, the electric went off once in the winter and you mm-hmm. happened to be traveling and it was getting, it's actually where we got that heater. It was down to 50 in the house. Um, but what I did is I have, um, I put any big stock pot that I had on the stove and warmed up stock pots of water and then I would carry them around and set them in a couple of rooms and you know I mean that kept it from getting too super cold um until the electric came back on so mm-hmm. that seemed to help a little bit and there were some interesting comments on the show last week too because you know everybody kind of has their story yeah. of being without uh electricity or being in a storm or so on and so yeah, there were some comments, you know, people that have been without electricity for six weeks. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't imagine. That's I crazy. hope we're never in that situation. But yeah, that's pretty crazy. So that was last week. Uh, and we're we're hoping, even though it's going to be cold this coming week, that it'll be a little bit calmer weather. <laughs> so Yeah, it's like we're getting our whole winter's worth of weather in one yeah, week. Yeah, in one week that's in December. Crazy. Um so that brings us on to Brian's Geeky Corner. And I don't think I've shared this one before, but it's something that I use all the time. And those are sometimes the the hard ones for me to remember to share um, because I do use it so often. And it's the Google Site Search. Um, if you're ever looking for something on a specific website, uh, because a lot of times like you'll Chia do... Turin. Yeah, like Chiotran. Um I oh. use this myself all the time, actually. A lot of times you'll do a Google search and you'll just come up with millions of results that really have nothing to do with anything. Um, One way to narrow that, if you know a specific site that has something that you're looking for, you can actually go to that, uh, to go to Google and type in uh, site, S-I-T-E, 
colon, and then the name of the site, so site colon chiotren.com, and then a space, and then your search terms. Um, so uh, uh, five things, you know, mm-hmm. when our, our five things podcast. If people are wondering what our five things were, you can go to site colon chiotren.com uh, space, and then just type in your search terms, five things, and that will actually just search that website that you put after the the site colon. Um, and this is super handy if you're you're looking for anything. Um, the other day I was looking for um, uh, something on the about our one of our cars and it's a Chevy HHR and I know that there's a forum um, that that has information about them and so I just did a site search for that and came up with all kinds of information. I use this all the time for work um, when I'm doing web development. If there's uh, a specific question I have about um, a certain web technology, I'll mm-hmm. do a site search for on that, you know, uh, the documentation for that that technology. And it's just a great way to narrow down uh, things that you're looking for. Um, I use this all the time when I know there are certain recipes that I like and I know which blog they're from, but I don't use the site semicolon. I usually just type in... Like for my site, I'll type in Chiot's Run and then whatever I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And usually Google pops it up right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Wednesday Chef, I'm always searching Wednesday Chef braised red cabbage because that's a recipe that I like that I really should print out somewhere and keep. Um, but that's how I find those things that I, I know I have it in my bookmark somewhere, but it's so much faster to just go to Google and mm-hmm. type it, type it out that way and find it. Yeah, a lot of people too, I mean... A lot of people ask questions, ask you questions about stuff mm-hmm. that the information is out there. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of being able to find it. And I really think that using Google, and, and there's there's a lot more. In fact, I've got a, uh, let me make a note to put a note in the show notes. Ooh, Ooh that's like a meta note. Um, uh, link about Google, because you can actually use there. There's a lot of um, sort of hidden things that you can do within Google searches in order to narrow your results um, using plus signs, using quotations, those types of things. So it's like I'm, Excel. Yeah, well, kind of. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna I'll put a link. I'm gonna find that because I have it somewhere. I'll I'll Google it, um, <laughs> and uh, and put that in the show notes because using Google is it's a really good skill to have yeah. to know how to use it effectively um, because pretty much everything is out there. Yep. Um, all the information, all of the, I was looking at, I was thinking about uh, chainsaws this week and I was thinking, you know, it'd be really nice to have the service manual for my chainsaw. And so I just did a, a Google search and, you know, used certain terms and ended up uh, finding the the service manual for it online. The other thing, and I guess we could make this a kind of a bonus, uh, since I was talking about my chainsaws, it made me think about this, but this isn't really a geeky corner, but it's more of just a general thing that you can do on the internet, so I guess it's kind of geeky. I thought you were talking to me. I didn't know you were... You didn't know I started recording again. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were. I was trying to figure out where you're going. I had to go close the damper on the fire, so we paused the recording there for a second. Yeah. Um, but uh, whenever you want to learn how to do something, the first place you should go is YouTube, because 
there are, and I think we have mentioned this before. Yeah, we did last um, week, I think, actually, maybe. But I was I was looking at for something on uh, on one of my chainsaws and how to do something, and found this guy that has just great small engine repair videos. Yeah. Um, and that was one of your five things. Yeah, and that's one of my five things is learning small engine repair, um, which I think is something that you do. As you do as it. As you do it. Yeah. yeah. For somebody like me who's not going to do it as a profession, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, my, uh, something's not right with my carburetor or something won't start, yeah. you know, how do I fix this or how do I diagnose it or what is it or, yeah. um, my, uh, one of my chainsaws, it looked like it was leaking bar oil. And so I was like, hmm, that's weird. So I did a, a search on, you know, the model number and leaking bar oil and found a video about what to check, what to repair if you need to, and how to repair it. Mm-hmm. So um, all the information is out there. I mean, yeah. people ask us, how it's do you guys time. how do you guys learn so much and know so much or do so much? And it's just like, you know, all you have to do is yeah. read about it and find it. And, to live in this day and age. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the information of the world is at your fingertips. Yeah. Um, which kind of dovetails into what we're talking about tonight, which is uh, setting goals with the new year coming up this this week, this Wednesday. Everybody always turns to New Year's resolutions. And, yeah. Oh, I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to run <laughs> a marathon and, and all these different things. I'm going to get out of debt. I'm going to get out. Yeah. And some of those things do happen, but the problem most of the time is that people just say, they set these huge you know, awesome, amazing goals. And everybody's like, oh, you can do it. That'll be great. And then uh, nothing else happens. It's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, I need to do that. I need to do that. And, you know, January 7th rolls around and you've forgotten what it was you were going to do. So we wanted to talk a little bit about setting goals and um, some of the things we try to do. Obviously, what we're going to share is kind of the ideal um, to do, we don't always do these things, um, and then try to. yeah, we try to, and then we're going to talk about um, some of our goals for this coming year. Um, so the first kind of talking through the process of setting goals and achieving them, the first thing to do is be re- be realistic. Yeah. Um, so many times, you know, I, and we do this too, where. You just have these big dreams, you yep. know, um, and it's okay to dream right. big. It's okay to have huge visions and, you know, very lofty goals. Um, but in the same way, it's good to be realistic about them too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the key is to make sure that your lofty goals can be attained mm-hmm. and then to break them down into smaller, more easily managed parts you know i talk to people sometimes who say oh i really just want to grow all my own food yeah you know and they say that and keep saying that and every time i see them they say that but they never plant a garden and i think that it's because that's too overwhelming to them um which is one of the reasons we did the whole five by five challenge thing because people wanted to but they just it just seems so overwhelming you don't know where to start almost if your goals are too big so it's important to you know if you have those lofty goals that's fine but you have to break them down into 
processes in order to achieve your goal. Mm-hmm. Um, small attainable pieces or things you need to work on or skills you need to develop, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you have a big goal, it needs to be broken down yeah. into smaller goals. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I can set a goal of being a millionaire, but <laughs> that's a bit lofty. Um, so, yeah, the next thing as we mentioned, is to break those break big goals down into little goals. Um, break them down into small, manageable pieces. And figure out what it's going to take. And if you need to write these things down, you know, for some things, if a goal isn't that big or it's not that complex, then obviously, you know, you don't need to take the step of writing uh, down the process that you're mm-hmm. going to follow. But if it is something that's big, if it's something that's going to take a lot of time or something that's mm-hmm. going to take money, um, then... And particularly if it's a financial goal, you need mm-hmm. to sit down and do the math and figure out how you're going to achieve that goal and write down specific amounts and numbers and time frames and that kind of thing. That's definitely helpful for financial goals. It's like that phrase... Uh, which could be one of those little motivational posters. But if you uh, fail to plan, you plan to fail. Yes. yes. Um, and it's, but that is true. Yeah. Uh, you know, if if it is a financial goal or if it's something that you're going to build, because some of the, the goals that we're going to sh- share later are buildings that we're going to build. If mm-hmm. you just say, you know, hey, I want to build a chicken coop and you go to the lumber store and, you know, start, start buying, buying lumber a, yeah. and get some nails and, you know, buy a hammer and a, a tape measure. Well, okay, that might end up working out, but I can pretty much yeah. guarantee it's going to be a failure. Um, but if you sit down and, you know, draw up some plans, how big do you want it? Mm-hmm. What size lumber do you want to use? You know, do you want to put some windows? Where did, where should those be? Um you know, then you can go to the lumber store, pick up your materials, and you have a plan going forward. You know what your goal is, and you know how you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that also helps out too if it's something either you know a financial goal or uh, building something or making something or putting in a garden. I mean, those things are going to cost uh, or take a lot of time and cost money. Right. And if the more planning you put into it, the more you sort of front load uh, your planning, the more that'll pay off as it's almost like an investment. You know, you're, you're making that initial investment of your time to plan, but that will pay dividends on the back end when you don't have to fix your mistakes. Uh, right. You don't have, you know, you don't put in your garden and you plant it all in cabbage and you're like oh i don't have any room for anything else um uh yeah and i think that the whole planning thing too you also have to figure out for some goals like financial goals or you know say you want to get healthier or you want to start a garden this year you have to think about all the parameters because a lot of people set goals but they fail to look at all of the different aspects of reaching that goal. Sometimes they fail to think about the monetary aspect of it. If it's a goal like planting a garden, planting a garden is going to cost you some money. It's not necessarily that much, but you're still going to have to invest some money in some tools if you don't have any, some seeds or some plants or something like that. So you need to plan for those aspects of it. You also need to plan for the time aspects. I think a lot of people don't necessarily 
put that into perspective either. Sometimes when they're thinking about goals, they fail to realize how much time something's going to take or they don't bother thinking about where they're going to get the time to achieve this goal because it's a give and take, especially if you live a busy lifestyle. You're probably going to have to give something else up that you already do in order to find time to reach the goals that you're going to try to achieve. So that's one thing you need to look at or a couple of different parameters you need to look at is time investment for sure. Like where am I going to get the time to do all the different steps in order to achieve my goal? You know, and that's something that I think about a lot because my life is pretty packed out. And so whenever I decide to embark on something else, I know that something I'm already doing is going to have to get put on the back burner. So I have to figure out what that is that I am willing to not invest time in in order to shift that time over to somewhere else. And the same goes for funds as well. Monetary funds, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think that's definitely something. Think about all the different aspects. A lot of times we get so caught up in the dreaming and the goal setting and you know the mundane stuff is kind of like cleaning the house it's just one of those things you dream of having an organized house and yet you never want to actually sit down and do it you just want to spend all your time looking online at pictures of really pretty organized spaces Mm -hmm. you know and you come up and also i think one thing you need to be careful about and goal setting is not overwhelming yourself with too much information or ideas in the planning stage because it's great to plan and we live in a time where we have the world at our fingertips essentially but that's also really bad because it can be ridiculously overwhelming when you're trying to say um build something and you need to find inspiration so we want to build a greenhouse so i mean if you google greenhouses you're going to get millions upon millions of pictures and ideas or ways to build a greenhouse so you have to be really careful about not overwhelming yourself Mm -hmm. so kind of have an idea of what you want maybe or what you like before you get in and then get what you need a couple different things maybe limit yourself to four or five different choices and then be done with it because you can really at some i mean you can spend hours and hours and hours and spend a lot of time planning and never get anything done because Mm -hmm. you're just you either spend all of your time planning and it's you know planning is fun sometimes on certain projects or you plan too much and you're paralyzed because you can't take the next step in order to get where you want to go One thing that really helps us out whenever we're trying to accomplish a goal is to set a deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't do this, then you have a deadline creep where um, you just keep either putting it off. Um, I'm a procrastinator, so I, you know, I tend to do that naturally. Um, you have to have a deadline a week before it needs done. Yeah, exactly. Um, but... <laughs> If you don't set a deadline for it, and then you're just always going to be, well, I'll do that next week, I'll do that next week, I'll do that next week. And especially for certain things, like putting in a garden, that is a very timely 
uh, goal. You have to do that at a certain time of the year or things won't mature and you're not going to get anything Mm -hmm. out of it. So there's, you know, if you don't do it at the right time, then there's no point in doing it at all. Um, And this is a good point where it's, it might be beneficial if you're, particularly if one of your goals is embarking on something that you've never done before to find someone who can maybe mentor you or someone who can give you advice, someone that's willing to um, answer your questions that you have. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe, I mean, it's best to have someone there locally or someone you talk to on a regular basis that'll answer questions that you have about something because that can be a great help when you're actually trying to do things. Mm -hmm. I know I have a couple people that ask me garden advice all the time. Um, and I'm more than happy to hand it out and give them advice when they have questions because I'm always happy to encourage new gardeners. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure it's really beneficial for them to know that they can ask me a question and usually I'll answer within the day um, if they ask on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. But that's, that's good advice, too, for even if you're doing something, you know, financial planning or those kinds yeah. of things, you know, asking others advice or people that you trust or people that you know are in a good financial situation mm-hmm. because not just, you know, for whatever reason, but because they worked at it. Right. If they're in a similar situation or were in a similar situation than you're in, um, then, then asking for kind of a mentorship uh is mm-hmm. a, is a great idea um whenever we go on a trip i was going to say this about deadlines it, it seems like whenever we go on a trip um we always put we always make a list of things that we want to get done before we go yeah. um usually it's stuff that we need to get done some of it's stuff that uh we'd like to get done right you and know. i try to make it i try to make a couple different lists so one like two weeks out and one a week out and then usually there's one for the day before so like the day before we go on a trip i always wash out empty like empty wash out and refill the chicken water so they have five gallons of water while we're gone you know same with the duck pond that kind of stuff you know those are the kind of things that work for us like those mm-hmm. deadline things keeping helps you keep on target and and the same can be done for goals, too. You can make, like, three weeks out, two weeks out, one week out. If your goal has a specific deadline or, you know, if you want to make a hard deadline for something. You know, if you're going, like, the time we went on a trip and you were building our little camper. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you had definite goal of a time frame. Right. Because we were, <laughs> we were, we were leaving, leaving and we had friends <laughs> flying out to meet us in Washington, which was a deadline that, you know, you can't... Uh, you can't miss because <laughs> if you know if we hadn't had friends flying out to meet us it wouldn't have been such a big deal because you can't at that point you know linger for an extra day or two and right. change days but it was we ended up leaving a day late because we had some friends come in to visit um from out of town but it all worked out in the end and i think you were putting in the last screw on the camper the morning we left <laughs> yep i was working on it the morning we were <laughs> or the pulling afternoon because we didn't end up leaving until about noon or one yeah but um so the next thing to do is to map your progress and um and Susie talked a little bit about this when we go on trips that she makes lists for us um things that need to be done and it's the times that they need to be done in or the time frame that they need to be done in and this is a great way to uh kind of 
celebrate the the good things that happen yeah Yeah. because if you have a list and you can go in and cross off the things as you get them done you start to see that you know the list is getting shorter and shorter and pretty soon you're 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 halfway you know you have half the things checked off sharpie marker just for crossing things off a list that's right and and don't be afraid to write things down on the list that you didn't have on there before but are big things you know sometimes as we're as we're going through our lists we'll see something else that needs done and so we'll do it and we'll write it down in the list and then cross it off just to feel good that you know we did get something accomplished but it also helps you map your progress it sees that you're uh, you see that you're working through something Um, if it's something that has several steps to it then you can see that you know these steps are getting done and that also goes back um Mapping your progress and making a list also kind of goes back to the planning phase, too, because as you break a large task down into smaller tasks, you start to see, okay, for this small task, I'm going to need these three things, so I better pick those up before I need them. Um, And that, you know, the planning really does save you a lot of time and money just by knowing, because if you're thinking about things ahead of time, you can kind of plan in your head. And when you're somewhere, if you see something, you can go ahead and pick it up. We're big on this because we kind of plan. We have short range goals, medium range goals, and long range goals. And so because we spend a lot of time discussing all of these goals that we have for usually about 10 years in the future, we're planning when we're out and about and we see something that might come in handy, either for free or on sale, we can buy it because we have already developed some of our long range goals and it might not be used for a year or two, but when we do end up finally getting to that goal, we already have a lot of the pieces that we need and we've saved some money along the way and you save time because you don't have to go out and find those things at that point in time. Mm -hmm. So, so, the last thing, uh, the last kind of uh, step that we have or the thing to do is to, and this is something that a lot of times I think we, uh, if if there's any weak point for us in this list, it's this one, and that's celebrating your successes um, or your failures. Um, right, because they're both important. Right, and I say that we fail in this, or that we uh, don't don't do this one as much because I feel like, we always have so many things yeah. that we're doing that as soon as we get one thing done, we just jump to the next right. one rather than sitting back, seeing what we've accomplished and uh, sort of celebrating that, yep. you know, taking a minute to just appreciate that we got this huge thing done. Mm-hmm. Um or, you know, sometimes by the end of getting something done, for some reason, I was just thinking about painting the barn, <laughs> you know, by the time you get it done, you're just like, oh my gosh, you know, I just yeah. never want to see a paintbrush again. Um, but yeah. so it's hard at that point to celebrate that. But now, you know, especially now with the snow on the ground, every time we look up the barn, it yeah. just looks great. Yeah. Um, and every once in a while, I think back about what it looked like before and you know, how if we wouldn't have done something about it, we'd have had some major repairs to do on the front of it. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just good to celebrate that. It's good to, yeah. to see that, you know, because we put in that hard work, because we put in that time and made that money, because it was definitely a monetary investment oh, too. Oh, yeah, it was really expensive. Right, that it's going to save us, you know, money mm-hmm. and time down the road. Um, 
So that that's yeah, kind and of definitely our... celebrate your failures too, because a yeah. lot of times with our failures, you kind of brush them under the rug and don't want to talk about them. But you know, I think failure is almost more important than success because it's you know it happens to everybody, and we live in a society that does not value failure like other um, cultures do, and that's really kind of sad because it really is such an important teacher in life. And so important just, I mean, you know, to keep us humble, if not anything mm -hmm. else, even if you learn nothing from it, it teaches you that you're not invincible and you can't do everything. And um, so, yeah, celebrate the failures too and learn from them because nothing is really a failure unless you fail to learn something from it. Mm -hmm. So that's our kind of our tips or, I don't know, steps to, uh, to setting goals. So now we're going to talk uh, briefly about some of the goals that we have for this year. Um, and these are just kind of random. They're not in any specific order or anything, but just things that we'd like to get done around the place or things that we'd like to do, mm -hmm. do personally. Um, so the first one that you put on the list was uh, start boxwood, boxwood plants for a hedge. Yes. And this was one of my movable goals. Mm -hmm. So I have a series of goals that are things that I want to accomplish, but they don't have, I have not set a deadline for them because there are things that can be overtaken by other things that are more important. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted, I want to put in a couple of long boxwood hedges here. And I know it's much cheaper if I start the plants myself and I have 15 or 20 boxwood plants and all you have to do is take cuttings. Boxwoods are very easy to propagate. The problem is, is they take a long time it's going to take three years before you're going to be able to put your plants out and they're still going to be tiny at that point in time so you know i really wanted to get them done this past year and get them overwintering but i don't really have a cold frame to put them in over the winter and so i didn't end up getting them in which is unfortunate but i moved them to the back burner in order to get some other things done that i wanted to get done in the garden um like mulching around the garden in order to kill grass, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely want to do that. So it's kind of one of my goals for this next year, hopefully, because I really want to start two or 300 boxwood plants. And I might actually switch my goal and start to, and decide to try to do maybe 50 a year. Um, I've been thinking about that a little bit. So maybe breaking it down into a a slightly smaller manageable piece easier might. to attain right but yeah. the problem is is there are a few other things needed etc cetera, etc cetera. so i don't know i hope so mm -hmm. i hope i can get that one done because it'll sure save me a lot of money and i mean i don't need them yet and i won't need them for a couple years my goal was to try to get them going and ready so that when i need them i have really nice sized plants you know in like five years to plant out so I have really good structure right away because buying boxwoods of that size is ridiculous as mm -hmm. far as price goes. You know, I mean, you can spend $50 for a decently sized one plant. So, and I'm probably going to need at least 75 or 100 for the back garden that I want to do and then more elsewhere. So, I mean, that's a lot of money when you think about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's something that I have the space I can get the seedlings or the the cuttings going and then plant them in just a row or two up in the main garden and just kind of they can be up there taking up space that i don't have time to necessarily propagate and grow vegetables in so 
Yeah, that's one of my goals, which is (laughs) one of those crazy. I mean, when you tell someone you want to start, because essentially I'm thinking I want probably eventually three or four hundred boxwood plants. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of a lot, a lot of. Yeah, it reminds me, though, of the time that our friend came over to the house in in Ohio and you had that little side section on the, the one side of the house that was your basically like your little nursery. Yeah, um, it, was it was just a, a section of the, the garden that we didn't necessarily walk by that often or yeah. didn't see. It wasn't sort of a quote-unquote public area. Yeah. Um, so you just it used my it. propagation bed. Yeah, you just used bed. it to to start plants. And you were talking about your goals for, for there and, yeah. you know, starting different plants. And, um, and that was always your your purpose for that bed. Yep. And she said, you know, early on in, in your efforts, oh, I just, you just have so much patience. I would just want it done right now. Yeah. Um, and you said, well, you know, if I had endless amounts of money, that would be easy because yep. you could just go out and buy everything. But, you know, having that goal of wanting to propagate yep. those plants over the next five years. And then, you know, by the time we left there, you had all yeah. those things propagated and all those things planted and it looked yep. amazing. Yep. Um, so the next, the next one on the list here is to, um, we'd like to paint a few rooms in the house. Yeah. And this goes back to a discussion we had on the podcast before about um, us with our house now. I mean, it's livable. It's fine. We could yeah. live in it forever and it would be no problem, but it is nice to, uh, you know, put a coat of paint on the walls or to do certain things, you know, having, again, this goes back to short-term go- goals versus yeah. long-term goals and analyzing which one is is better to do. Would you rather just accomplish the short-term goal um, now? And then uh, there are some rooms of our house that we'd like to make kind of major changes to, to, mm-hmm. you know, take out a wall here, move something there, um, our you know, staircase to our upstairs is literally in the middle of our living room. And at some point we don't want it to be that way anymore because it's just really weird. Um, But, you know, so does that mean that you don't do anything at all to the living room until that time? Um, Yeah, it's definitely a hard balance to find. And that's kind of where these goals and be realistic. And that's like painting a couple of rooms in the house. It's, It's really hard sometimes to figure out exactly the best way to achieve your goal and because you know our end goal is to kind of redo everything but we also need to set goals to make it maybe a little more or a little less depressing (laughs) i might just (laughs) label it um because there are a lot of things that are just kind of depressing to me about this place because they're hard to clean. They're, you know, there's stuff wrong with it. They're, I just want to cover up some of the built-in where it wasn't done properly. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of stuff that wasn't done right. And so it's hard because you're trying to figure out if you should just kind of patch and paint or what. So, yeah, I mean, that's one of those things where your short-term goals are kind of in conflict with your long-term goals because one definitely makes the other one even farther out in the future. So I don't know. And it affects how you can reach other goals, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's interesting to kind of balance, try to balance all this stuff out. The, uh, so yeah, we'd like to paint a few rooms. We're, we're thinking 
uh, some of them. I mean, m- most of the rooms, all the rooms need painted. Everything needs painted. <laughs> it's real. I mean, when you really start to look around, as I'm looking yeah. at a wall right now, I mean, they, uh, yeah, it's just not done well. And so everything needs done and there's holes in the walls that need patched. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely something we're going to try to do this year. Um, Another thing is we're going to try to clean and organize the garage, which this is kind of, for us, this is one of those never-ending struggles yeah. because uh, our garage, I mean, it's always in use. Yeah. And so... And there are always five different projects happening at right. once, kind of. Yeah. And so, you know, the tools get taken out for this and then they get moved over here and then they get used in this project and then that project gets put on hold for whatever reason. So it just kind of sits on the workbench and then you're doing something else. And Usually because there's an emergency and something else needs moved to the front of the line. And the coffee roasting station is always kind of, you know, being drug out and put away and drug out and put away and eventually it just stays out. And But then it kind of has to sit in the doorway of the garage. And um, so, yeah... I definitely think there would be a better way to organize our garage um, to make it more useful for all projects mm-hmm. and to make it more useful as a garage. Uh, I always find it funny that people have, you know, really nice cars yeah. and yet their garage is full of crap that they don't use. Yeah. And that's, we try to, especially in the winter, we try to make room in the garage right now. You know, we're going to get a snowstorm tonight. So I have both cars in the garage. Yeah. Um, so we don't have to clean them off. And so it'll be easy to plow the driveway tomorrow. Um, but as far as projects go, even having a garage that's organized, that's, it's, it's a lot easier to accomplish projects and to get things done when you know where your tools are you know where um uh you know your your supplies of wood are and those types of things so that when you do need to do something you can go in you can grab whatever it is that you need and you don't have to spend a half hour looking for the Mm -hmm. screwdriver that you're looking for um i'm sure yeah and some of that's going to take a little bit of investment of money i think Mm -hmm. as far as uh like your coffee roasting station we just need to put it on wheels or something so it's mm. easy to wheel in and out um or put it in a room that has a window and build a little exhaust system in there so that you can i don't know it's one of those things we need to think through this is where we haven't even thought through the process as far as this is concerned in different ways because the garage is huge but it's just kind of you know when we moved in it was the winter and we just kind of threw everything in there because we had mm-hmm. we had we wanted to, of course, unpack the house first, and it yeah. just everything just kind of landed. Yeah, everything and has just kind of landed, and then the summer, Dalen kind of reorganized the garage. But what he really did is put everything where we can't find it. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not, he's not very talented at organization, so he just kind of put stuff here, there, and everywhere. And there's like no rhyme or reason to where he put stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Um, different pieces and parts and items are all mixed up here, there, and in 10 different places. And so, um, it'll be a challenge. Uh, this, this is something we should do this spring, pull everything out of there and hopefully. And plus there's a lot of stuff from the previous owner. Yeah. They so. left a lot of <laughs> treasures for yeah. us, a couple of couches and a bunch of furniture upstairs. I think yep. there's, some, yeah. I mean, if we cleared out half of that junk, they left upstairs. Not that we need more room, but it'll make the garage look a lot less cluttered. Yeah. 
there's just so much stuff. Mm. Now we have a trailer. It'll be easy to take loads of stuff to the transfer station. Yep. Um, the next thing on our list is firewood, uh, which this is kind of a, uh, is going to be obviously in the future a yearly thing for us. Yeah. But we would, we have kind of a goal of getting ahead. Um, we would like to start putting up one and a half times what we need, um, or, uh, at least a little bit more than what we need for the, the coming year so that we can get a year or two ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, because then if in the future, if something happens or if we just get super busy one winter yep. and don't have time to uh, get the trees down and get them uh, cut and split, then we'll have that year's supply of firewood, no problem. And we can basically just, you know, take the year off. Yep. Um, so that's that's definitely another goal. And we're going to start uh, on that here pretty soon because yeah, uh, it's it is the season to get out and it's time to warm ourselves the first time yeah <laughs> get out in the woods and start putting putting wood on the ground yeah with the cold temperatures we've been really burning through our wood um you know i, I still think it's going to be close as far as if we brought enough in we still have two um eight foot diameter uh whole thousand stacks of yes. wood that are eight feet tall and they're both outside so we would need a bit of a melt in order to uh be able to bring those in but i mean it especially would be, now that they're probably enshrouded in ice yeah but it would be possible to bring those in but um we would definitely like to get way out ahead um because and that does take a lot of time to do that but it's fun it's i like being outside and i like doing the work um i don't mind it and it does eventually you know we're still kind of paying for the log splitter and those types of things but eventually we will make that money back and Mm -hmm. um it'll be you know money that we don't have to make in order to pay for uh heating oil or uh propane right um the next thing, and I don't know why, but it's on here three times, is hoop house, hoop house, hoop house. Yes, because that has to be done this <laughs> spring. That is, yeah, I need if to set the deadline by like May 15th. We need to have it done by tax day. All right. Because that's something that our, we thought, we, I mean, it was one of those goals that was just kind of a kick around goal that never, yeah, we really should do that because it would be really nice to have in the winter and then this happened and that happened. and um, But that's definitely something that I want to get done to the detriment of other things this summer, this spring, because in the summer I would like to grow my tomatoes and my peppers and stuff in it. And then I really want to have greens and stuff in it next winter. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's like other things need to be put on the back burner for the chickens can live in their crappy old coop as long as (laughs) I have a hoop house. (laughs) But then they'll enjoy the hoop house in the spring too when I put them in there to eat up the rest of the greens and stuff in there and work up the soil. So yes, eventually it'd be nice to have a hoop house for the chickens for the winter. But but yeah. So hoop house, that's a definite goal. Uh, And you did mention the next one, which you did put a question mark next to, but building a new chicken coop. Um, yeah, because our chicken coop is in desperate need of some with revitalization. Little, uh, yeah, there and there are some things we can do to it to kind of keep it from dying an 
early death. <laughs> Although, I don't know. I mean, it almost lost its life during this ice storm. A huge, huge pine, pine. I mean, it was essentially a giant pine tree that fell yeah. out of an even bigger pine tree. Fell down right beside the coop. But yeah, I mean, the coop, the coop is in, it needs a couple of changes, particularly I'm noticing. And it's those things you notice when you live with stuff. And the reason we've just kind of kept it around is because dealing with something like that gives you a good idea of what you want to do and what you would like in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, And this coop is fine. I mean, there's plenty of space in there. The chickens don't care. But there are some things about it that are annoying, and we've changed some of them. We need to change a few more. But this summer, if we don't build a new coop, we at least need to tear off the run and kind of, or at least all of the... 10, 15 different layers of chicken wire that are on there and uh, kind of redo that in the door. And the previous owner just kept adding layers of chicken wire, thinking that uh, it would solve his weasel problem. But the problem was, is his weasel was inside the coop. And he said it was weasel proof. But my my thing is, is sometimes I go outside and a chicken can get out of our enclosed chicken run. And if a chicken can get out of the run, yeah, and Denny's can, can get, get out too... I'm pretty sure that raccoons and other things could get in. So it's not really, I mean, it's a little bit of a. Yeah, it's a deterrent. Deterrent, <laughs> but it just really needs kind of redone so that it's a decently safe space. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Plus the coop is just. Uh, it's rustic. It's rustic, all right. The chickens don't care. Though. They like it, I yeah. think. Yeah. It I all, wish I had a little more light in them for times all, like now when they spend all their time in the coop. And we put some extra windows in it, so it's a lot brighter. Mm-hmm. But it could use a couple more windows because it's... I like to leave the door open, but I took the screen door off because Dalen changed it to swing inside, which was a big problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of needs change to be on the outside, I think. But, and another structure uh, that we'd like to to build which again the the hoop house is kind of the main goal um uh but we would like to also build a a small greenhouse uh for seed starting and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. um out behind the house uh we have a small garden back there and it would be nice to put a little greenhouse back there it would look nice and it would be um just really nice, like like I said, for starting seeds and, and really for other convenient things. convenient close to the house because the yeah. hoop house is going to be up kind of in the main garden back up above the garage barn. Um, so, I mean, it'll be convenient to walk up there, but I would like to have something, particularly for seed starting, where you're monitoring them a couple of times a day, very close to the house, and maybe just a little lean-to off the back of the house is a good alternative, mm-hmm. you know, to get us through a couple of years until we can build a big... Not a big, but a, a you know a decent, small, nice greenhouse back behind the potager. So I mean that's been something we've been talking about for a long time, mm-hmm. and we've been collecting sliding glass doors to build it. And um, I found a really nice little design that just makes a clean little, cute little cr- clean greenhouse that it's not ornate or anything, but it looks nice and it actually shouldn't take too long to build. But I don't know. We'll see. Yep. So those are kind of our our bigger goals for the year. Um, obviously, you know, we have 
personal ones and our five things, going back to our five things, yeah, which we started you're, you're doing a May. good job knocking off yours. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah if I, Have you added anything else? No, not really. Not yet. Um, to perfect some of the ones you've been working yeah, on. Yeah, that's the thing is like with, with horseback riding and sailing and small yeah. engines and those things. I mean, again, those things are, I think those are kind of like lifetime skills that yeah. you just continue doing and you continue learning more and more and more. Um, but uh, no, I feel like I'm too busy to add new goals at this point. <laughs> you started curling, which is mm-hmm. taking up a decent amount of time. Yep. Yeah. And I'm learning some. And you're going to learn, you're going to go to fire school. Yeah. I'm going to do basic fire school for the fire department um, this spring. And there's a couple new web technologies that I'm trying to learn for work for the, yeah. uh, for the job, the day job. Um, Cause I'm always trying to, stay up on the latest things with that mm-hmm. um, so that I, cause the web just changes so quickly and so constantly that if you don't stay up, you will fall behind very quickly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm just trying to stay on top of things uh, that direction as well. So, and I need to migrate my ginormous database. Uh, yes. To either a new program or yeah, we should have put that on our goal. Custom write a web tool yeah for me yeah Susie's software that she uses for the nonprofit that she manages is they're making a lot of uh very undesirable changes yes. so we're essentially we're to they said as of march 31st you're cut off unless you do they switched from a you know you buy your software every year every two years for i don't know it's like three four five hundred bucks something like that i can't remember for sure um but they switched to a monthly, like, a monthly membership for subscription. Kind of yeah. And so everything is web-based now. So you have to pay. Like, I would end up having to pay $150 a month to access my database that would then be theirs, essentially. Yeah. Because they would they host it. Data. They would own it. Which is expensive for one. I mean, you're talking about a lot more money than I was paying previously. And two, I really don't feel comfortable with them keeping all of my data. Um, Cause then like now, essentially just like now they're holding it hostage. They're saying, right. well, you're not going to be able to use your information anymore. You know, you're, you're cut off as far as March 31st, which is frustrating because now I have to find something new mm-hmm. to use and migrate everything and make sure everything's working properly. And I'm keeping all the information that I need um, before that time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a bit of a frustration and something that's going to... Because I remember the last time I migrated, which was probably about 10 years ago. Um, yeah, that... Huge pain. was a huge pain and it yeah. took a lot of time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that'll be taking up a lot of my extra time in <laughs> January, February, and March. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I hope this episode helped you out tonight, uh, to, to maybe think about setting goals for this new year, some achievable goals. And if you have a goal, uh, mm-hmm. that you're, that you're thinking about for this coming year, then share that in the comments, uh, in the show notes. If you go to cultivate com and you look over in the, uh, 
right-hand sidebar there, you'll see a link to all of the episodes, but to the most recent episode as well. And if you click on that, it's just like a blog post, so you can uh, leave a comment down below. Um, and also, uh, the donate button is under there, so if you'd like to give us a little something for the new year to get us started, that would be great. And once again, thank you to all of our monthly donors. Uh, you guys are awesome, and we really, really appreciate it. So uh, have a good new year. Uh, crack open the bottle of champagne or sparkling, sparkling cider. cider or whatever you whatever you like and, uh, and, and celebrate the new year. Um, we're not really big on holidays and, and those types of things, but I don't know. There's something about new year that does, there, there's something... You know, it's a fresh start. Oh, so exciting. So take advantage of it and uh, and set some goals for this coming year. I'd rather be a farmer. I'd rather work the land. I'd rather see the mountain sides. I'd rather see your I'd rather swim the ocean I'd rather not pretend I'd rather do some thinking now But somehow it all depends If I could fly see my hometown I'd rather hold my wife I'd rather never question things That's the story of my life I'd rather not be crying I'd rather just be rather brave the cleansing fire I'd rather feed my soul If I could I'm crying out to you I'm 
ready to be finished here. I'm ready for this season to be If I could fly away from me To ride this wind above the trees And go to fly Face the longing. Whoa.